Welcome to the Lifting Women Up podcast. This is a podcast for women who are new to lifting weights, who want to upgrade to a stronger, happier, and more confident version of themselves. And I am your host, Nicole Hill, owner of Nicole Hill Coaching. I'm an online fitness coach who helps women to upgrade their bodies and their minds to attain the results that they want to in their health and their wellness. I hope you enjoy. Happy almost New Year's. I had to record an episode before the end of the year, of course. And this is obviously such a great time to reflect on your year and what opportunities are available in the coming year. And I think this is such a great practice to do because obviously you can go back the next year and either listen to or read exactly what you wrote. And, you know, of course, see what happened. But more so, we want to be a little more aware, right? If these are truly our intentions for this year, then it gives us a starting point on where to go from here and how to break those very big goals down into something more manageable, a smaller chunk, and something that you can do on a daily basis, weekly, monthly, and that you can progress. And so what I want to talk about today is, this is gonna be my own personal download, my lessons from this year, opportunities for next year, and just reflecting and looking forward to the new year. And so these are some of the lessons. I I had to, of course, type them out before I came on here because I know I (laughs) might go on a tangent if not. But my number one reflection from this year, one of my lessons that I've learned and continue to learn and continue to grow from is it's impossible to do everything. And I actually just started reading. I had a book recommendation from a few people called Essentialist, Essentialism. I think it's called Essentialism. And I started doing something kind of similar but with things way, you know, way back, if you remember, you know, minimalism, and I know that there was a lot of minimalism still going on, but it was a really great way to clear out a lot of clutter from my life. And some of that has started to creep back in. And it also creeps back in with not just physical items, but other things, especially in this information era that we have access to everything we could possibly want. And it gets very confusing. It gets very overwhelming. And when you get into that state of overwhelm, what do you think happens? It pushes you into inaction where there are so many options that you just can't choose which one's the best. So it's going to be easier and more comfortable to just stay where you are. And so knowing that, one of the so my my lesson from this year is then going to really go into the next year which i'll share a little bit later on but it's impossible to do everything 
<laughs> it's impossible because you're going to end up doing all of these small little things that don't actually put you any closer to where you want to be. And so I actually started doing this halfway through the year in June. And so what I want you to do, and I'll, I'll share that in a moment, pick one focus and everything else you, you know, you'll notice will fall into place around it. All of the things that matter. Um, when you operate from this one focus, just keeping it very simple. And so this happened to me twice this year. So the first one, if you remember my pull-up journey, one of my big goals was to be able to do a, um, you know, not a chin up where your, where your palms are facing you, but where your palms are facing away and they're in a wider stance. I had never been able to do one of those before. And so what I did, I had a program that I was using where there were other things that were involved. Like there was some lower body and there was a lot of core, of course, but it was a really simple program, but it was focused on getting your first pull up and getting you strong to do that. And I worked on that for three months and out of nowhere, well, it wasn't out of nowhere, but it seemed out of nowhere because I'll remember I, every day, every time that I would work on this, and this was three times a week, I'd be working on my pull-ups in different ways. And I remember every single time trying to do a pull-up, I would practice, I would see how far I could get and it would be halfway, right? And I couldn't get from that halfway point all the way up to the top. And I remember doing this one day and I couldn't get up there. And then two days later, I did it again and I got two. <laughs> so that's why I say it seemed like it came out of nowhere because one day it did not look like it was happening. It didn't look like it was happening anytime soon. And then two days later, boom, it happened. And I was probably the most excited that I've been this year because I worked really hard on this. This was my focus. My diet was focused around this in that I was making sure, I mean, I, <laughs> I have to say nothing really changed too much, but the, the things that I was doing, like making sure that I was eating enough protein in order to build the muscle that I needed to for this, eating enough carbs and eating enough calories to fuel my performance and to be able to build the muscle I needed to do these pull-ups. And of course, all of the movements I was doing, whether or not I liked them, were putting me towards my goal of being able to do my pull-up. And so that singular focus where I was like, okay, it's the pull-up. This is what we're focusing on. We're not worried about, um, you know, cardio performance. We're not worried about a specific look. We're not worried, you know, there's all kinds of things that can be swirling around in your head. And sometimes I have them in my head too. And when I went down to just focusing on pull-ups, there's a lot of stuff that happened. I even noticed that it was probably a few weeks to a month later. I'm like, damn, my shoulders look good. My arms look good. And did I do some shoulder work? Yeah, I did, but I didn't do a ton of it. I maybe did two different exercises 
three times a week, maybe twice a week. It wasn't a whole lot, but of course, when you're doing a lot of these exercises um, together, they are going to help to, you know, build those supporting muscles. But I wasn't focused on that, but it did happen from other things that I was doing. Of course, diet's going to play a big part into building muscle, right? And so my point in that is when you get that one focus, so everything that you're doing is to try and, you know, for me, get me to that pull up. Everything that I do takes on a whole other meaning, right? It's not, this is why, you know, again, there's nothing wrong with wanting to lose weight. Sometimes it is necessary in order to do that. But if that is your, well, number one, that is a really big, broad focus, right? There's not um, one specific thing that you can do. I mean, yes, technically there is. We're not going to get into nuance here, but there are a lot of things that are going to go into it, right? And so you're focusing on, you know, you want to focus on exercise and diet and sleep and managing your stress and doing all of these things um, all at once, where down the road, that is possible. But if you're just starting out on this journey, that's going to feel like a lot and it's going to get very overwhelming and push you into not doing a damn thing. Whereas for me, you know, focusing on those pull-ups, you know, it other things happened because of it. And I wasn't putting a big focus on that thing specifically, but the things that I was doing, right, those actions that I was taking were contributing in other ways. And the second way that this happened for me this year was shifting into something completely different. And, which was running. And if you've heard me talk about this before, mindset is something I have been working on since 2020 in regard to running. And the first realization that I had in 2020 was I don't like running because of the connotation it holds, the reason I started to do it, and what the purpose was behind it. And I always, tried to run as hard as possible. And so all of these things collectively just felt like shit. I didn't like it. I didn't like how it made me feel. And when I realized that, then I was able to start shifting and I was able to focus on my environment, especially. That was the, the first and foremost thing was, wow, it is beautiful out. I am enjoying the scenery and I'm really enjoying how this run is making my body feel because I'm not pushing it to my max. I am doing something that feels good for my body and I don't have to push really hard. I don't have to go to 90% of my max heart rate. Like it's okay to work at those lower intensities and there is benefit for that. And the benefit too is that it makes me feel good. And so I tried to really get into, into my body, into how it was making me feel and how it was making me feel mentally, both during and after, and then the after after. So how is it helping me sleep? How do I feel the day after and all of those things? And so my what I ended up doing this year was deciding to run a 5K. Now I can run a 5K, However, I want it to train for performance. So how well can I do? Because I have never trained for one before. 
I've never done it consistently, you know, week after week and, you know, several days to actually train for a race. And that's what I did. That was my last quarter goal that I ended up doing. And did I hit the goal that I wanted? I did not. However, I finished the race and I did a really damn good job compared to where I was when I started. And plus I didn't prepare properly for this particular race, but that is okay because I still ran it better than I did on the road, uh, which I think was pretty impressive. And plus it wasn't even necessarily about my performance, but I was able to, just like with the pull-ups, everything that I was doing was fueling my run. So sleep became even more important to me. Not drinking excessive amounts of alcohol became even more important to me because everything that I was doing was for that run from a health and wellness perspective, right? So the food that I was eating, I'm like, I don't want to eat this food because I know it's going to make me feel like garbage. I know that it's not going to help fuel my run, so I'm not going to do it. Or you know what? I need to eat this because I know I'm going to need this for a longer run that I have. You know, things like that. So doing things that align with your goal and that are going to help you. And it becomes easier because you're not just doing it right? Like there's a deeper purpose behind why you're doing it. And for me, everything that I was doing, even my down to my strength training, you know, was helping with me with that because I knew that I had to get that in because it was going to help me become a better runner and to get faster. And so all of it had that deeper purpose. And I would really encourage you if you're still working on setting goals or setting intentions for 2023 to understand, you know, get that singular focus. What is that one thing that you want to focus on that you can actually control? Weight loss, number one, like you could easily lose weight, but that's not what most people are after. It's more fat loss, right? Weight loss is, is easy. Um, but we're focused on fat loss and not rebounding either. But what is one thing that you can really focus on that you can improve week to week, a small thing even, that is going to help you with that goal. So that goal is going to be a byproduct of that thing that you're doing, okay? And that is gonna be helpful because when you have an obstacle that comes up, You'll, it's going to be easier for you to fix and to determine a different path that maybe you need to take, determine a different strategy, whatever it may be that you can um, that you can keep moving forward and not stop. Because a lot of times those body focused goals, let's be honest, they're even if you think they're motivating, they can be they can be motivating sometimes, but not always. I mean, I guess you could say the case, that's the case for a lot of other things performance-based, but I feel like there's a deeper meaning to those more um, focused goals, right? Like being able to do something. That is something that you 
can control and you can build skills to be able to do and to get better at. Um, you could say the same thing about weight loss, but you can't get better at weight loss, right? Or fat loss. Uh, there's not one thing to do. There are going to be several different things, but can you do a big focus in the new year on just focusing in on, you know, like your exercise and then breaking it into your cardio component and then your strength training component. And can you just focus on one of those things for, you know, like even starting with four weeks, can you zone in on that? And then how, what other things are you going to have to do that are going to support that goal? And you can think about those things, right? So if you are staying, if you're in that mindset of like, oh, I want to stay up and I want to watch the show. And you know that you have an early workout that you have to get done you got to weigh that, right? Like, is this goal of, you know, getting three workouts in a week at this specific specific time more important to you? Or is watching this show until, you know, 12, one o'clock more important to you? And, and weighing that. So, you know, maybe you say to yourself like, oh, you know what? I really need to get up early and I know that if I go to bed any later, I'm not going to be able to wake up in the morning. So I'm going to go now. And it becomes a little bit easier to, to do that thing when it's, it's, it's very targeted when you have that very targeted goal. So that is my first lesson from this year. Um, the second one is beliefs play such a huge role in everything that we do. And a lot of those beliefs are subconscious. We have no idea that they're there. We don't know where they came from a lot of times. And I I know that I've talked about this before. I really encourage you to question everything that you do, everything that you say about yourself, everything that you say about your ability to do something and really everything that comes out of your mouth. This is something that I have been doing this year. I will catch myself starting to say something and then I will say, wow, why am I saying that about myself? Where did this belief come from? Is this really true? Why is this true? And and really question those things because this is really gonna play into what you believe you can do especially if you have tried to do something similar before. And this comes up a lot where maybe you tried to, let's say you are setting a health or fitness related goal this year. And you're like, ah, I do this every single year and every single year I fail. And you know, this is something that's constantly going on in your head. You're still making the goal, but you have these beliefs that are attached to that. So how are you going to how are you going to change that belief? The first step to changing the belief is to become aware that it's actually there. And understanding this might be something that is impacting what you're doing. And is it sabotaging you? 
because that's where a lot of our self-sabotage comes from are these deep-seated beliefs that are put there, maybe not by us, but by other people that can be any adult that was in your life, aunt, uncle, cousin, parent, um, teacher, whoever. So question where those beliefs are coming from. And I mentioned before about my beliefs around running and my ability, you know, something that I've always said. So another thing is watching your language. How are you speaking about certain things? How are you speaking about yourself? What words are you using? Because if you're using those words and that is what's in your head, that's what's going to, that's what you're going to be acting out. That is what is going to be coming out. And so I challenged my beliefs about running. Where did those beliefs come from? A lot of times it's, it can be very insightful to know where they come from, but it's not always completely necessary in order for you to change and to shift your beliefs. You can simply acknowledge that maybe these beliefs that you have about it are not true and you don't quite know where they came from, but you do know that you want to start to change them. And so how do you start to do that? Well, step one is to know what you're saying. What language are you using? Become aware of this, whether that is the thoughts or those are the thoughts that are going through your head or the words that you are saying. And you can even get help from other people. You know, if there is someone that you are around a lot, whether that's a spouse or a friend or a coworker or whatever, you can even tell them, let them in on, you know, I'm trying to become more aware of how I'm speaking about, you know, X. Can you help me if you notice that I use these specific words or, you know, whatever it is that you're working on, enlist help from someone else. This does not have to be done completely on your own. Okay. So get some help and get some support. And of course, this can be from a coach as well. But getting an outside perspective is really going to be helpful because you are not always going to be aware of the things that you are saying. And I can tell you this is true because I have had my own husband catch me on certain things that I've said. And he'll ask me, like, why are you saying something like that? And, and I'm like, I don't know. That's that's interesting. But thank you for bringing that to my attention. So um, beliefs are also going to determine your success. If you don't believe you have the ability to do something, you're going to self-sabotage. And it's not going to happen. Okay? Because if you don't believe it's going to happen, you are constantly going to do things that are going to go against what you were trying to do. And so how can you start shifting your belief? There are a lot of ways. Sure, you can start by telling yourself you can do it, but a better way is to show yourself that you can do it because proof is going to be really good for your brain. Your brain likes to have that proof, that evidence that you can do something because 
you just did it. It might not be on a big scale, right? You can do small scale things. So, you know, let's take, let's take, um, you know, a, a fat loss goal that you have and your focus, because you're going to be doing a singular focus on something is on exercise. Okay. So let's, let's say that your goal is to strength train three times a week and get one to two cardio sessions in per week. Okay. So that is your singular focus is exercise. If you hold a belief that, you know what, I've made this goal so many times and I always fail, I always fall off in February, that's what's going to happen. Your, your thoughts that are going through your head are sending that message to yourself, to your subconscious that you're going to fail starting in February and you're going to go down that path. But what if you can do things that prove to yourself that you can do it? And you can do this in ways such as, you know, maybe even starting with, you know, I think three times per week this month might be a little too much for me to start with. So let me just go to three days total. And I'm going to do that all through January. And then at the end of January, I'm going to reassess because I know that in February, this is the time that I usually fall off. Because here's the thing, if you can use that past evidence of why didn't things work out to your advantage, that is going to help you. When you know what has not helped you in the past, you can use it now in order to help get you past that obstacle that always seems to happen, right? So if you can become aware of what is happening, you can come up with a plan to, you know, to overcome it or just know that that roadblock is coming and have a plan like, okay, I know that once January hits and, you know, I start to, a big one that I hear a lot is I'm getting so bored with this and I, I just can't do it. Okay. So that's going to be a big mindset shift there, right? Because exercise is not always going to be exciting. What are some things that you can do that are going to keep you on track past that point? Can you enlist the help of a friend to come be your gym buddy or someone else? You know, is there someone, remember, there are so many support groups out there. There are Facebook groups for finding friends to go to the gym with. Trust me, I've seen it. You can hire a coach to help you through this, to help you understand where you're falling off and to help you come up with different solutions on what you can do to help keep you on track and to put you on the hook for doing it, right? Because if you have the support of someone, it's gonna be a lot more difficult to say, screw it, I'm done. Because if you have to answer to someone, more than likely you're gonna stay on, whether that is in a lesser capacity. Lesser capacity. So the way that you can build your belief in yourself is to do these little things, right? Failing, coming up with a solution, trying something else, doing something on a smaller scale, breaking it down and creating success that way. Those are some of the ways that you can build your belief in yourself. It doesn't have to be these big elaborate plans that you're starting in January. You don't have to start big. You can start as small as you need to. You have, you know, time is a construct, right? 
there's all of the time in the world to be able to do this. There is no end point of when this has to be done. This is going to be ongoing. So hopefully that takes a little pressure off you. This doesn't have to be done in a year. It doesn't have to be done in two years. There is no time frame. And so if you can get out of that mindset, that's going to help you. It doesn't have to be done in any specific amount of time. Um, this is something I am going to talk about in another episode. But one of the things that I have been working on for the past five years is alcohol intake. And this all started back in 2017. I had blood work done, found that my thyroid was completely out of whack. And there were other things that I thought I was 100% health. I was also vegan at the time. We won't go into that. <laughs> but I thought it was picture perfect health. And doing more research and reading about alcohol consumption, I learned how much it is royally fucking me up. And so it started me on a path towards less. And it there's been a lot of unpacking with it, but I know a lot of people um, usually go into and do Sober January. And I'll go into this in more detail in the next episode. I'm gonna do this specifically for people going through Sober January. But what I've learned is there's no real intention with it. There's um, no intention of what comes after sober January. It's just, a, I'm just going to be sober for one month and then I'm going to go back into my regular drinking habits. And that's a problem. That's not going to change anything. Being sober for one month, um, while it is going to be good for your body and it'll love it, it's not going to do anything for you in the long run. What is it, unless you are setting specific intentions for what you want it to be what what goal do you have what do you hope to achieve at the end and how are you going to move forward what does this mean for you moving forward and so if you go into it from that specific mindset it's going to change a lot of things and i will tell you that going on this journey for five years and it, there's been ups and downs there's been you know starting out doing a sober january going back into regular drinking habits then going a little bit longer with it. And, you know, there's there's just been a lot that has happened. But the thing that I've learned is, like, I will tell you, before I got to the place that I am now, and I am so happy at the place that I am now in regards to alcohol consumption, um, is it took me several times. And I'm still going through things, but I will tell you that five years into it, it has gotten significantly easier and it doesn't feel as hard and it doesn't, I almost, I'm not on, I wouldn't say I'm on autopilot, but I'm pretty damn close. So hopefully you will, um, if you're interested in learning more about just decreasing alcohol consumption and how you can do that and the whys behind it, I'm sure you're already aware that, um, you know, the health, benefits of it and all of those good things, but I will be doing a separate episode on that. But this is a learning process. The learning is always going to happen. It's always going to be here, but I will tell you that it has really become much easier this year, five, <laughs> five years later. Um, and then also from a non-fitness or health-related 
lens, one of the things that, speaking of beliefs, okay, this applies everywhere in life, right? So one of the beliefs that I have had is I am just scattered. I don't even want to use the word scatterbrained. I've always had the thought that I am easily distracted, that being organized and being focused comes really hard for me and that I can't do those things easily. Okay, so recognize the words that I'm using. Can't do it. This is the way I was born. This is how I am. Those words and those phrases are going to have an impact on you and how you view your abilities. And so this year, I have tried to, I see, <laughs> I've tried. I have taken small steps over the months in order to improve my organizational skills, improve my focus, and my belief in actually doing those things and following through. And it has been really uncomfortable. There have been tons of ups and downs. And there have been weeks where I haven't done anything to work on that. But I am constantly getting back into it. And I have noticed little by little that I can do these things. That I'm not going to sit here and tell myself like, oh, I've always had this problem. I can't do it. You know, I'm just going to relegate myself to just, it's just not going to happen for me. And there must be something wrong with me. I can build my skills around this. There are so many resources out there that, that can help you do this. And a lot of it, just with everything, is pure awareness of why you're doing things, mindset as well. You know, what is the purpose behind what you're doing? Also getting very specific about what you're doing um, and just learning more about how my brain functions and my feelings around it. That's really what it comes down to. And this is going to be an even bigger focus for me in 2023. That's something that I want to work on improving. And what I've learned too, you can improve in everything. Anything that you want, you can improve with the right support, the right focus, the right plan. Um, and, not, and even beyond that, it's not even... You notice the word that I'm using, the right plan. The right. So you might have the right, and what I mean is the right plan for you. And always remember, one of the best skills that you can build up is learning how to fail. Learning how to fail, learning how to take those lessons from that failure and applying it to what you're going to do next. What is your next step forward, right? And not giving up being uncomfortable, increasing or improving your discomfort tolerance. That's one of the biggest things that I think I've learned this year is really how much can you, how much time can you spend in discomfort? And both from a physical and a mental standpoint, I have found that to be huge on all levels for most people is not wanting to spend time in that zone of discomfort. And if you can increase your ability to do that, so many other things are going to come a lot easier. And failure too, because that is a zone of discomfort of being in that failure sucks. But if you can spend a lot of time there and take those lessons, it's going to be easier the next time that it happens 
over and over and over again. Because if we're constantly living in wanting to be comfortable and never wanting to look silly or to not know how to do something or whatever it is, that is not going to help us in life. It's not going to make us happy. In fact, it's going to keep us unhappy. That's what I've learned this year. And being uncomfortable just takes practice. That's it. It's just how much longer can you spend in those little zones of discomfort? Okay. And for me, so looking forward, this is how I plan on moving forward in 2023. Of course, it is continue, continuing to challenge myself and others. That's going to be both mentally and physically because they do both go hand in hand. And I, I think, I believe that they do complement each other. If you can get through a lot of, um, you know, if you think about it, um, I think about this every single time I do a, um, like a hanging bar hold, whether that's pull-ups or just a, um, just hanging from the bar, that shit is uncomfortable on my hands. And I will tell you that I believe I was doing this in the beginning of the year, maybe, no, I think it was the summer and I was doing straight leg, um, raises hanging from the bar and I wanted to quit because my hands were hurting and I had to tell myself, I'm like, Nicole, you're fine. Yes, your hands hurt, but you can keep going. It's just uncomfortable. You're not gonna, you know, like until you lose your grip, you're good. Just keep going. And staying in that little zone of uh, discomfort helped me to be able to hang on longer. And so that's the same thing mentally, right? Where, so like that mental, like, okay, Nicole, you got this. This is uncomfortable, but you can do uncomfortable things. Until you lose your grip, you just stay here. And that's exactly what happened. And that translates into so many other exercises. But, you know, from an exercise standpoint, whether that's cardiovascular or that is strength training, you need to be uncomfortable in a lot of those things in order to get better. And that's going to start with discomfort tolerance. One of my other things that I am or my opportunities that I want to spend more time with is being more silent and spending more time in silence with myself and not constantly looking for ways to distract myself. Because number one, going back to my, um, my improving my skills and becoming more focused, that is anti-focus, is constantly reaching for those distractions, whether that is because I'm bored and I'm just looking for something to entertain me. That is something I want to get out of in 2023 is reaching for distractions because either I feel uncomfortable with something that's happening and I'm trying to distract myself because I will tell you that is probably the number one thing that I realized with alcohol is that it is the biggest distractor from your feelings and even from the people that you're around. You might not, I won't go into that, <laughs> but it is a major distractor. And of course it makes you feel like shit as well the next day. So, um, and, and that really goes into becoming more essential. 
um, spending more time in silence and paying attention to less in terms of what I am doing. One of the things that I know is that I'm passionate about probably everything and I want to do all of the things like I mentioned earlier, but that's not going to get me anywhere. And so what is my singular focus that I am honing in this year and what can I do to contribute to that focus and everything else can wait, right? I might be interested in it, but that's not contributing to my actual focus. And so one of my big focuses professionally is to get even better at programming, um, strength training and cardio programming. That is my really big focus. That's what I love to do. And I also love to help get people the results they want, whether that is building muscle, getting them out of pain or both. And so that is my big focus for the year. And so everything that I do is going to zero in on that, which should be interesting. So pay attention to less, do less, which goes into my silence. One other thing that I want to do is find a hobby that's not physical. Most of my hobbies involve movement and being outdoors and things like that. But I want to find, I want to find something that is more creative and something that I am not good at because that is a trap I fall into so often is only doing the things that I'm good at and not even trying to do anything that I'm remotely bad at. And so in order to improve my own discomfort tolerance, I want to do something that I'm not good at, but also that's something creative that I feel like I need more of in my life. And I wanna be able to really hone in on that and, and, and do something different and get into a different side of myself that I don't usually get into. Um, and really another one, practice patience. That one can be really difficult. For me, <laughs> when I'm driving is most difficult, especially when you live in Tampa and the drivers are not the best, but we won't go into that. But practicing patience can happen in small little chunks. Awareness is the number one thing, breathing, and just practicing over and over again. But um, those are I'm not sure I my challenges, opportunities that I see, my reflections on 2022, and looking forward to 2023. So um, I wanted to also remind you that if you are going through and you are setting goals, you're setting intentions for the new year, I have a two-part episode actually on goal setting and I'm looking back here to see exactly what number they are. So yes, um, episodes 12 and 13 on the podcast are uncovering the fundamentals of powerful goal setting. So this goes through, it's um, seven to nine steps. I believe it's nine steps of how to create your goals and be mindful of how you're creating them and how they make you feel. And all of these great ways to really set your intentions for this year in a way that is self-compassionate and not coming from a place of hate, but moving you towards how you want to feel and the positives 
of your goal setting. So thank you so much for joining me. I hope that this was helpful for you to reflect on your year and to look forward to the new year. And I will see you in the next episode. Thank you so much for listening to the Lifting Women Up podcast. If you know anyone who would benefit from this message, please feel free to share this with any friends or family members or acquaintances. And I do want to remind you, if you need help with lifting weights, you don't know what to do, you're not sure what program to even follow or what that looks like, I would be honored if you would join the Lifting Women Up group training community. This is part me giving you a program to follow. More importantly, it's a community of women who are doing things differently. We are in there talking about the lifts that we're doing for the day. And also I will be having monthly workshops to go through a lot of the issues that I see come up for people, whether that is motivation, consistency, or even just sticking with it during the holidays. And that is one of the most important parts of the Lifting Women Up training community. And I hope you, I hope that you'll join us. If you go to my website, NicoleHillCoaching.com and scroll over to online group training, you can sign up right there and I hope I'll see you there.